Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, your host, Damian Mason. But you already knew that. You heard that in the introduction. Got a great show for you today. We got a story of innovation, entrepreneurialism, and adaptation because that's what great businesses do. We are in a boondoggle. We are in the COVID. Uh, if you're listening to this one year from now, I hope to goodness you just look at this as a bad, distant memory. But right now, as I'm recording this, in mid-April of the year 2020, we are dealing with the pandemic and, more importantly, the government's response to shut down our economy, which has had tremendously negative, devastating impact on many small businesses. I've got a small business uh, online with me today, and they've got a great story about uh, something they are doing to adapt, to adjust, and to roll the punches and keep their company alive during the pandemic and the economic response. Uh, just, you know, before going further, this is the Do Business Better podcast. And now, not only available, if you're a listener, thank you. If you're a listener on whatever format you might get us on, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, you can always find it at DamianMace.com. We also are doing it on video. So you can see my lovely face and the lovely faces of Matt and Brock, who are my guests today. Go to Damian Mason. It's my YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and type in Damian Mason or D Mason Comedy, and then uh, you'll find it and go to the playlist, Do Business Better, and please subscribe while you're there. Okay, Brock James and Matt Campbell. They are with a company called RPD, which stands for Rubber Products Distributors. Rubber Products Distributors is an Indianapolis-based uh, company that does what you might imagine a company named Rubber Products Distributors does. They bring in rubber products from all over the world and make it available for their customers, who are largely in manufacturing in the United States of America. They're going to tell you a little bit about that, and they're going to tell you what they've had to do to keep their business humming during the obvious slowdown that's happened because of the economic shutdown of our country. Matt Campbell, thanks yes, for being on the show. Absolutely, Damien. Really appreciate the opportunity for uh, you to sit down with Brock and myself and uh, kind of tell our story. It's been an interesting three weeks to say the least. Um, you know, RPD is, like you said, a, a rubber products you know distributor, but we also distribute plastics, you know, metal to rubber bonding, bonding parts to automotive customers, uh, medical field, uh, fitness industry. Uh, started back in 87, just a little mom and pop family owned business. And over the past 33 years have grown exponentially over that time. Um, you know, we import a large amount of our parts from, you know, China, Taiwan, Vietnam. That's where a bulk majority of this type of commodity is made. Uh, we warehouse it and we ship it to our customers in a just, you know, just in time delivery basis. Um, you know, customer customer satisfaction in that regard is our biggest thing. Um, obviously, with everything going on, you know, the, the automotive industry has gone down. Um, other, other industries that we've been supplying have gone down. So, um, one late night, you know, Brock, uh, saw a LinkedIn post for, uh, one of our suppliers that said, Hey, we've kind of revamped, you know, our manufacturing capacity to do these face masks, um, you know, for, you know, uh, protecting during the COVID-19 epidemic pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Um, and reached out to him, kind of started that conversation on what capacity in that regards was, 
Um, from there, we uh, sent it out to our customers saying, hey, this is a commodity that we're you know, getting into. Let us know your interest. And Damien, if I told you our phones haven't lit up more in that first day in 30 years, I would not be lying. It was the craziest day. So here's the thing. Uh, I mean, I think most people can grasp, and if they don't, uh, there's a lot of stuff that everyday consumer uses that has your stuff in it. It's yeah. a little rubber gasket, a little rubber grommet. So this is in your car, it's in your refrigerator, it's in your air conditioning unit. I mean, who are your, your customers are all those things and more. Yeah, correct. So we're really big in the truck trailer industry. So on the back of the of the trailers, those dock bumpers, you know, a good amount of the large OEs get those um, from us. Uh, door gaskets, um, the, like rubber feet, you know, on the bottom of fitness equipment. Uh, that's big for us. Um, we supply one of our biggest commodities is a, we're a distributor for a company called Haco out of Tom's River, New Jersey. Um, we're one of their largest distributors. We're a master distributor. Um, so their, their parts really correspond well with what we do because people that use the grommets and bumpers that we currently import also use Haco products and vice versa. So that's been a good complimentary. They, they go to what? They, they go to anyone. It's an electrical uh, cable management company out of Tom's River. Okay, so here's the thing. A lot of your stuff is slowed down because it goes for manufacturing, truck, trailer. I just had a guest on. We're talking about we're probably down by 30% on trucking. And you say, oh, trucks are, are still moving. Yeah, but not like they were because we have a lot less consumption because we have been thrown into this 17 million people unemployed as of the recording of this. So your manufacturers don't need your stuff because nobody needs their stuff. So it's the old trickle down. And so you're sitting there saying, man, we've got rubber stuff to sell. We've got plastic fittings to sell, but nobody needs them because they're not making stuff. Is that the way we look at it? Correct. And Brock, if you want to elaborate a little bit on that into that regard. Yeah. You know, when we, when all of this started, we expected a downturn on our side. Uh, we really didn't anticipate that it was going to be as drastic as what it is. And we didn't think that, you know, the automobile companies would essentially come in and just say, we're going to close for a month. For uh, you know, someone like Toyota who has a presence in Indiana down in Princeton, they closed until May 5th, and that's been on since the end of March. So, I mean, they're going to be down for over a month. A, a company that produces all of the domestic Toyota Siennas, the Toyota Highlanders, and the Toyota Sequoias, which are you know, three of the highest selling vehicles in the United States, for a company like that to shut down, we are supplying a lot of those tier one providers to them. So, it, like you said, trickle down was was a tremendous thing on our side. You know, we saw. You're talking about these companies. Obviously, it's not just like a week. We all can set up. We all can withstand a week. We can all probably yeah. withstand two weeks. But you're starting to talk about five, six, and eight weeks, and then and then even beyond that because the long tail, they're not going to ramp right back up. Even until Toyota gets going again, they're probably not going to make as many Toyota Siennas on the first week back as they were making the week before they closed. So you're still talking about three months, four months of lowered demand. Exactly. I mean, we're, you know, the anticipation, we go through this every year with the Chinese and we do a lot of trading with China uh, for many, many years, decades. And the thing that we see every year is, is the Chinese New Year. You know, that is the big thing in China. They have their New Year celebration. China relatively closes the entire country for roughly two weeks. And then the issue is, is it takes another two to four weeks for them to ramp back up. So we're going to see the exact same thing stateside with this. It's not as easy when you go into a, you know, a hundred, couple hundred thousand square foot manufacturing plant. You can't just flip the lights on and start rolling again. Um, 
you know, it's going to take some time for a lot of those folks to ramp back up and then the demand's got to come back. You know, you look at some of the opportunities that are out there for these major manufacturers, you, you could walk anywhere and, and they're just trying to give it away. I mean, money is free, terms are outlandish, and it's all to try to get the consumer to make the purchase on an, on something that, number one, right now they probably can't afford, but if they make it enticing enough, it, it's, it's kind of the old carrot and the stick type of regime that they're going through. So, you know, that was our instance on, on our side with just trying to get an understanding of really, you know, what, what the hell are we going to do? Uh, what was the, you know, what was the capacity on what we had to do? And like Matt had explained, you know, we had had a couple of meetings to discuss what our overall business plan was going to be throughout the course of the next, you know, three to six months and, and then even longer and what we could transition our business into if our business was going to diminish in the auto truck trailer food equipment, fitness equipment, because it wasn't an essential item, what can we do? What, what was it going to take to keep the doors open and people employed? And the thing that, that we realized very quickly was, is we didn't know. Uh, we, we honestly had no idea. I mean, we sat in a, we sat in a conference room and we bounced ideas off of each other. And, you know, we got into a situation where something in the lines of PPE got brought up. So whether it be the face mask or, you know, a, a gown or ventilator or whatever it was, but the issue was, is we didn't know anything about it. That, that is nothing that we had ever crossed that bridge, never done anything with. And so it was kind of uncharted territory. So with that, we kind of expanded and, and I, I walked in and, and I, I told myself I had to eat some crow over this because I was, I was very adamant in the fact that now's not the time to go into something that you have, you don't really have any idea on what you're doing. You, you don't have, there's times to take financial risks in business and in the, midst of an economic downturn, most generally that's not the best time to start taking risks. Um, so we wanted to make sure that if we were going into, you know, people that were doing ventilators that we stuck with parts that we knew, like Matt had said, the, the rubber feet that maybe go on the bottom of the ventilator if it sits on a tabletop or something like that. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a lot of conversations that were kind of circling around and, and didn't really come to a culmination on things when we went down that path originally. All right, so you're sitting there, you have this meeting, you got 30 employees, obviously all 30 of them, you've got folks that are running trucks and in the warehouse, they weren't involved on this, but a few of you went in and said, we've got to figure something out. Our revenue uh, on a weekly basis has dropped by two thirds? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so then you're sitting there saying, we got to do something. Who came up with the idea of protective, uh, personal protective equipment in light of the pandemic? <laughs> um, I was, I was looking at LinkedIn about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, my kids, my kids went to bed and I was kind of just browsing through my phone on LinkedIn. And, um, a manufacturer that we have had talks with over in China had put a post on LinkedIn that they had transitioned half of their manufacturing capacity into producing protective face masks. Okay. And so that's, I, from there, once again, it came to the aspect of, we don't know what the hell these face masks do. I don't know anything about them. You know, there's a lot of different stipulations that went along. So I made a couple phone calls that night and I have some, some neighbors that live near me that are doctors and nurses. And so I asked them kind of what the situation was. And, you know, we started talking technical terms about surgical masks and different evaluations that those are given. And then the KN95 and the N95 mask and, and so we started asking a lot of questions and we started having conversations with uh, our folks over in China. And from there, it just kind of, it, it progressed. Um, you know, we started that next day 
I, we came into the office, it was a Friday morning and I walked in and I said, you know, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow because I said we shouldn't maybe take a, an adventure that we don't know a whole lot about, but here's the information I know and let's have a conversation. So we, we talked about it a little bit and the idea was, is let's put an email draft together on company letterhead that says we have a viable source to be able to attain this equipment and let's throw it out to the masses. We've got every single email that's in our computer system for every single buyer, every single company that we do business with, current, past, and you know, prospective future. And I said, let's just put this email together. Let's throw it out. Let's go fishing. Let's see what we catch. Um, so we started at about 11 o'clock a.m. on a Friday morning, which would be what, three weeks ago today, Matt, I think. Um, yeah. the three weeks yeah. ago today. Um, we threw an email out to the masses at about 11 a.m. and Every single one of our phone lines from roughly 1145, 12 o'clock until we went home about seven rang consistently. Um, the email inbox that we sent that out of had thousand plus emails in it. Uh, we had voicemails that were maxing out our voicemail system on our phone because we found out in a very, very short time that what had happened is, is on the PPE side, a lot of these manufacturing companies, when the downturn started on the PPE, they had made donations to local hospitals, to local nursing homes. And these guys are, you know, in welding maybe, and they need it for their fab or they're in paint and they need it for paint. And so, you know, they're trying to continue to operate and yet they don't have a viable source on be able to attain the actual equipment they need to be able to continue to operate. So, you know, they were, there were a lot there. And then, you know, some different key players kind of fell into place and some very, very large orders came together in a very, very short period of time. And, um, you know, I, I kind of equated it. It was like it was like going from never throwing a baseball before in your life to getting thrown in in the bottom of the ninth in game seven of the World Series with the bases loaded and a full count. And, and you went from never throwing a baseball to that in a matter of 24 to 48 hours. Um, okay, so, so wait a minute now. Uh, this is three weeks ago. Matt, I need to hear from you. All right. All right. That's right. It's a good idea. You got to come up with this. You're entering a business you've never been in before. You're good at distributing stuff. You've got the infrastructure. You've got the warehouse. You guys have lines of credit. You have trucks. You got all that stuff. What you don't have is you've never sold, at least basically never sold stuff to uh, the medical world. Correct. And so that's who you're... Who called you? Who were these emails from? You just put a blast out there and said, we have a reliable source to get this stuff. If you go to Toyota or the manufacturer of uh, refrigerators and say, hey, we can get you surgical masks. They're going to say like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm, I don't need those. I'm, uh, I, make manufa I, make, I make refrigerators and we're not even open right now. Mm -hmm. Who would you go to? Who, who responded? I mean, anyone with the... Anyone with a valid email address basically responded, Damien. I mean, we our customer base is so vast. It's OEs, but it's also a large amount of other distributors. Um, so, you know, they've got their customer base. And everything with COVID-19 right now, you know, trickling down from, you know, one, one governor saying you're going to have to have masks on if you're going to go in public or, you know, owners worried about the, the, the well-being of their, of their employees if they're coming into the office. Um, I mean... We're selling to, you know, uh, the, the medical industry direct to people that make hospital beds. We're selling to distributors that are selling to trucking companies. We're selling to uh, distributors that want to give them to, you know, their employees. That, it's, a, it's a good mixture of people that are 
you know, reselling them or donating them to local hospitals, you know, in the New York area, in Michigan, uh, California. Um, that's a big part of what we saw is people wanting to one procure something that they could either use resell or donate. Um, and so, you know, pinning it down to one particular type of customer is impossible because our, our customer base is not pigeonholed into one industry. It's, it's very vast because of our, our customers being other distributors, their outreach, you know, allows for our outreach to be much more than we could ever never know. Okay. So is everything, have you gotten product in yet? Yes. So that's been the, probably the biggest, you know, hurdle that we've had to, to jump through doing this. Um, you know, we, we were shipping parts UPS, um, just to meet the demand. Um, and what we found out very quickly is that the cost for that was astronomical. Um, and also logistically a nightmare because everyone and their mother is trying to import right now from China because with, you know, the, the G, uh, GMs and the other OEs that have, realign their manufacturing to make hey, ventilators. Used, hey, wait, you've used OE three times so far. I might have a person listening to this that like runs uh, a dry cleaners and they're saying, this dude has used the word that the initials OE three times. What am I missing? That's an original equipment manufacturer. So it's someone who takes our products and makes something. So like a truck, um, you know, a Wabash National or a Great Dane or someone like that. They're an original equipment manufacturer. They take parts and make something. So good, good follow-up question there. Yeah. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought, but you're, you talking know, about the, the, you're talking about, you learned about the freight. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you learned about the freight and that, yeah, you can't, you wanted to fulfill demand as fast as you possibly could, but you were doing it in a very costly way. So you've refined that. Correct. So, you know, just to get the, the supply chain rolling, we as a company decided that it was in our best interest to start, uh, trickling in mass. So we were sending the UPS. Uh, we did about four or five shipments UPS that have, uh, we've got one more coming in on Monday. That'll be the last of the UPS. Um, our biggest thing is large bulk buys and then sell small package to our customers. That's why they come to us. You know, I'll buy a million grommets and sell thousand piece packs and customers, you know, get a, the, the benefit of me buying that large volume. Um, so once things started slowing down just a little bit, uh, Brock actually, when he joined RPD, uh, came in as our logistics manager. Uh, um, he worked uh, in logistics for many years and came to RPD with that background and kind of streamlined everything with our logistics. That's, you know, really his, his strongest suit in, in, in that regard. So getting logistics figured out for him was, was pretty easy. Uh, we've streamlined everything with our logistics, logistics company. Um, so after the UPS, what we did was we started doing larger consolidated shipments. Um, you know, instead of 22,000 masks, we're doing, you know, half a million masks. And, um, actually in the next week, we are actually chartering an entire uh, luxury airline to bring in close to 2 million masks. Um, it does come in at substantial cost, but if you look at what it would have cost to do the 2 million masks over 10 shipments of, you know, X number of masks, you know, 200,000, the one, you know, lump cost for the chartered airplane is actually more cost effective for us to do it that way. I see. So you've already gotten stuff blown out the door. You got more stuff coming and here's the deal. When do you exit this side thing or do you? You know, we've, we've had that conversation, uh, 
over the last week, um, you know, the, the influx right now is, is huge. And there's so much uncertainty over what's going to happen in terms of mandates from either the local state or federal government in terms of what you need to do if you're going to be out in public. Yeah. Um, so right now we're just trying to get our head above water and, and fulfill what we currently have on order. Um, you know, we are looking at possibly doing another either large order to actually put on an ocean container and get here, you know, end of May, or does that mean we do weekly consolidated shipments through our logistics company? Um, we kind of, you know, what we don't want, um, is to buy heavy and then everything blows over and we're stuck with a bunch of inventory that we have no idea how to sell. So it's, it's, it's a balancing act on making it's easy sure that we sell. It's easy to sell surgical masks right now. I went to the grocery store the first time I've been out of my, off my, been out in public for 12 days. And when you got uh, the person bagging groceries, wearing surgical masks and uh, you know, the old woman coming in to pick up her, uh, you know, her prescription wearing a surgical mask, it's a pretty easy thing to sell. It's the old thing about, you know, uh, ice water and hell. But then there comes a time when, uh, when hell's not hot and you're not ice water's not as much in demand. So there's a reality about that. So is it going to be that you just get out ahead of time? Are you going to try and play the timing? Or are you going to say, no, this is a new thing we stay in. Do you try and be the timer or do you try and say in it for the long haul? Brock, I want to hear from you. I think, you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's tough. I mean, we're right now we're playing the timing game. Um, the biggest thing with us, like Matt said, is is you don't want to get caught holding the bag with a bunch of stuff that, number one, the market rate on this has risen drastically. And so once things settle down, a price point that we've paid for these no longer becomes a marketable price point. Right. So, you, you know, you run into that situation. So it's definitely a lot of timing. But I think the biggest thing that really it opened our eyes to is we figured out in three weeks how to change our business model 180 degrees in three weeks. Three weeks time, we went from selling products that we've known about for 30, 40, 50, 60 years since, you know, the boy, then since the owner's father started in the, in the rubber game to selling something that we didn't know anything about in a very short time. So what that really did is it opened up our eyes in that, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit is still alive. There's still an opportunity. you got to roll with the punches. So I think that, we continue to fulfill as we are able to fulfill. We continue to take orders and be a you know a viable source for this stuff. And then when it's time to roll again and it's time to get back in the ring and start punching, we get back in the ring, we go at it and we figure out what the next thing is. That's Matt, you think that's the deal? You think that what this the biggest part of this, yeah, you're gonna make some money, you're gonna keep your 30 employees paid, you're gonna keep the doors open, you're still not probably where you were, but it buys you some time and it keeps it keeps cash flow going. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Absolutely. You know, um, with, with everything going down, like you said, about two thirds and normal business being down, you know, we were facing, you know, substantial losses where we were going to have to, you know, possibly lay off some employees, which is, you know, never what any business owner or higher ups wants to do. So by doing this, you know, it is going to help us at least sustain our business for the next couple months. And at that point, either we continue on with this, um, if we can get a, pr because what's going to happen is, the, the, the manufacturers right now are inflating their price because the demand is there and the yep. supply is low. Um, so once everything slows down and the supply matches the demand again, if that piece price comes down, because masks that we're selling where we are right now are 20 times higher than what the cur 
market value was if you would have looked six months ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we can evaluate that. Um, but the nice thing is one, we're, we're not having to lay anyone off because of, of what's happened here. And two, we're going to hopefully have enough influx that we are going to be able to sustain until the economy picks back up and the OEs, uh, start, you know, making things again and we can go back to our core business model. But in our back pocket, like Brock explained, we now know that we can go out and, you know, promote a new product and do it very quickly if the call is necessary. Yeah, that's the best part, the adaptability. And I always talk about that. As you listeners know, I'm a big on reinvention. I talk about it at great length. I talk about it at corporate events. I teach organizations, individuals how to reinvent to be relevant and successful in tomorrow's marketplace. So if you have an event coming up, check out DamianMace.com or go to my YouTube channel. You can see all hundreds and hundreds of videos of commentary of me on stage doing what I do. And you know, also while you're there at DamianMace.com, you can pick up your copy of do business better or any of my other products i like it it's a story about adaptation it's a story about evolution it's a story about survival it's a story about we're going to do whatever it takes to keep the doors open and we're also still satisfying a customer it's not oh we figured out a way we're going to screw everybody we're satisfying an absolute need that's actually very good for the for the world right now yeah, I mean, we we heard a story right before we, we launched everything that they were selling, you know, disposable masks in New York for, for $7 each. And you hear all these things about the price gouging and in no way, shape or form is that what we're doing. We're, we're looking at what it's going to cost us to do it, factoring in some freight, make a little bit of money to keep the doors open and also satisfy the need that's currently out there in the world. Um, you know, we, we, we're not trying to get rich off this. It's not a get rich quick scheme. We saw a need. We... Um, you know, saw an opportunity and we implemented it and, and went forward. And it, it's, it's, it's been an exciting three weeks to say the least. It's been probably the most stressful three weeks, the uh, most sleepless nights in that three week time frame. I mean, Brock and I basically every night, you know, we, we go to work and then we come home and spend a little bit of time with our family. And then we start our second job, which is our China job where we're on the phone from, 10, 11 till two, three in the morning. Brock's had some mornings where he's on the phone till five in the morning. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, we, we joke that if, if we could have done this, it, it would have been so much easier for us just been on the ground in China for the two week time frame, frame because figuring out everything over the phone and through, you know, emails and WeChat and WhatsApp and all those different things, it's just been, it's, it's been a challenge. Um, but you know, we're, we're getting through it and you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's been a very challenging, but very stressful, but very exciting three weeks. And you know what you now can do, because remember, everything you do, it makes you stronger for the next time. Brock, you're the logistics man. I need you to be the promo man. How do these people, somebody here is listening, saying, you know what? I need 10,000 uh, gowns, uh, something. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, it, very easy. They can reach us at email. Um, I'm, I'm sure if they, if we can't give some advertisement, I don't have a business card. Um, www.rubbergrommets.com is our website. That'll have all of our information on there. It'll have contact information for us, telephone numbers, email addresses, so on and so forth. The company's called Rubber Products Distributors, RPD. Their website is rubbergrommets.com. His name is Matt Campbell. His name is Brock James. Thank you guys for being on here. I appreciate it, David. Pretty, pretty much really love the story about adaptation evolution. All right, folks, that's a good story. Check them out. And I really appreciate you joining us. Till next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. 